Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen. So, anyway, I'm, not, I'm excited. I don't know about you, about 2024, but I'm not, I'm not just excited just because it's another year, but just be excited because I know God's always moving and God's always at work, you know, and so we're, we're expecting God to move, you know, in this year. And uh, I just wanted to talk to you this morning about making choice choices in 2024, making choice choices, because the choices that you and I make, uh, you know, they affect other people. And so I just want to take a little vote here, though, as we start. How many of you here um, are looking at, you know, this year being the same as last year? A couple of hands. How many of you this year are looking at making some serious changes in an area or two in your life for 2024? Okay, amen. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good. We're, we, we got the right crowd here then. Amen. So, yeah, that's, that's good because, you know, every one of you came in here this morning and you came through that door. Well, you might have come through that door, too. But you came through the door. That, that, that was your only way to get in this room was to come through the door. And that's the same for what God has for you and I in 2024. We have to go through the door. God has opened doors for you and me in 2024. And we want you guys, and for myself too, we want to walk through those doors. We don't, you know, we don't want anything to keep us from walking through those doors. And so it's so important that, that we come in through the door and, and into what God has for us. And, and, you know, it's a new year, and God has something new for us in the new year. Every day is a new day, and God has something new for us in the new year. Um, you know, I want to start with a scripture verse this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. And, and Paul is speaking to the Corinthians here, and he's just gone through, you know, if you say that you're an eye, you know, uh, you say, well, I have no need of the nose. And if you say you're, uh, you know, the arms, I have no need of the legs. But he talks about every part in the body has an important part. And he kind of sums it up here and in verse 27. He says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. This morning, church, you are the body of Christ and members individually. And it's so important that we get that. It's so important that we take hold of that. So you as an individual are not the body. You are the body. We are the body, but members individually. And that's something that I really want us to really catch and take hold of is that, you know, when you, when you come into a group, you don't lose your individuality. You're still an individual. And it's important that you recognize that and you learn how to walk in that because it's, it's the fact that you're, you know, whether it's an arm or a leg or an eye or a nose, it's important that you're doing what God's given you to do because that's what gives life to the body. That's, that's what brings uh, that vitality and allows the body to do what it does. And, um, you know, the moment that we start getting away from the body, 
the, more, the moment you start making choices that begin to draw you away from the body of Christ is the moment that you start getting out of the life flow for your own life. Amen? And it's just, it's just like taking a coal out of the fire. You put it by itself, right, and it cools down really quick and, and, and it loses its fire. And, and in 2024, God wants you to, to live in the life flow of the body. He wants you to make choices with always that consideration uh, that you are um, you're one of the members in the body. You're part of the body. You're part of this moving organism that God is doing. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I pray uh, on a daily basis. I may not use these exact words every time, but I pray God's kingdom will come and God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, if God's kingdom is going to come, it's going to come through the church. Right? Church, I mean, what God is doing in the earth is, is through the church. If God's going to make a shift in politics or, or whatever it is, he's going to do it through the church. It's because the, even, if, even if maybe you as an individual or somebody else isn't directly involved in politics, but it's because you and I are praying. It's because you and I are believing God for something. You and I are standing in the gap. Amen? So we want to see God's kingdom come in the earth. We want to see God do greater things in 2024 than he did in 2023. But to do that, we have to be part of the body. We have to stay in the flow of the body. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30, verse 19, it says there, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Uh, we see in that simple verse a number of things. The first is God gives you and I a choice, right? Your life is filled with choices, and, and God wants you to make the right choice. He wants you to make a choice, choice, right? He doesn't want you to choose death. Of course, he wants you, and he says right there, choose life. Choose life that you may live. But you know, when you make a choice, you don't just make a choice for yourself because it says there that, that you and your descendants may live. So when you make a choice, it's affecting not only your descendants in the natural sense, it, it, makes a, it, it affects people that follow you, affects people around you. And that's why it's so important for us to make those choices with in mind the people that it's going to affect around us. And those that are coming after us, you know, as as a person that's involved in leadership uh, in this church in this local body, you know, I never want to ask you to do something merely because it's going to benefit me or merely because it's going to benefit the leadership team. You know, of course, we do lots of asking out, right? Asking you guys to maybe volunteer for this or volunteer for that. But you know, I never ever want it to be because it's just benefiting us because we're just we're just asking you to help us get our task done i want you to do it because i believe it's going to be beneficial for you and and i realize you you all have jobs you all have families you all have stuff that goes on and you have to make choices you can't be involved in everything and so we we recognize that but we don't just ask it because we're just trying to get something done we we believe it because it's going to benefit you as well as the people that, that we serve. 
And, and that's part of what life in the body is all about. That's, that's part of the joy and the excitement about finding our place uh, in the church and, and moving with what God is doing because it begins to affect and, and minister to other people. God does something in you. When you, when you become a part of what God is doing in the church, it's, it, it benefits you. It blesses you. It's the same with our children. You know, when we're raising up our children and, and uh, between all of my boys, you know, one of them has to take out the garbage. The other has to take out the recycle. Uh, the other one has to feed the dog. You know, and I do that for them, not just so I don't have to do it, but because I know it's going to start establishing in, in them uh, character in their life, uh, responsibilities in their life, that as they get older, as they go out into the workforce, as, as they get married and, and have family, it's going to teach them uh, that they have responsibilities and the things that need to be carried out. So, so I'm asking them to do it because I know it's going to bless them as well as, as all of us as a family because... Uh, none of you would want. None of you would want to show up at our home and see piles of garbage uh, littered throughout our throughout our house, right? So, so we want to do those things because they're life building and life giving. So, you are the body and members individually, and you know marriage uh, in the same way uh, paints a very similar uh, picture, and. We know that, uh, you know, when two people get married, and the scripture tells us that the two become one. The two become one. But, you know, it's, it's very easy to, there's always a wrestle, there's always a struggle in that, because it takes the two to make one. And if you take one away, then then you don't have the oneness anymore. And so there's, there's always this work. And it's the same thing within the body of the church. It takes many members to make the body, right? We don't have a body unless we have, you know, the arms. And we don't full body anyways without the arms and the legs and, and the head and the eyes and the ears, you know. But so, so when you're trying to do, create this oneness in, in marriage, we always have to recognize that, 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 that there's still individuality there when you're making that. And, and there's a oneness in the sense that you're both um, pursuing God. You, you have the same values. You're working towards the same goals. You know, but there's still an individuality. Like some of the goals that you have are different from your spouse's goals. You know, some of the some of the things that they like aren't necessarily things that you like. So you're not you're not involved in them in the same way. And it's important that we recognize that in terms of the oneness. And and part of the struggle uh, that can happen and happens in the church or in the body too is that we think. Is, is like a road, and there's ditch on, on both sides of the road. And we can think, for example, that marriage is all about oneness. And so, therefore, you might be the kind of person, if, you, if you're just thinking about that particular thing, it's like, well, I don't want to be a person who rocks the boat in. Maybe there's something about your spouse, God forbid, that kind of rubs you the wrong way, 
right? And, and you don't want to say anything because you're thinking, well, it's all about witness. And I'm, I'm, if I say anything or, or try to approach them about it, it's, it's going to, you know, bring disunity instead of unity, instead of this oneness. But the reality is that it, it, it takes a speaking and administering to that to actually to bring, to bring that oneness about. And it's, it's actually the differences that you have between us that actually make what you do together incredible. You know, it's, it's the test that's happening in that moment that, that brings you both into that testimony of, of how you walk together as one, of how you work through those differences. But then you can also fall in the ditch in the other side of the road where you think, oh, it's just all about me as an individual. You know, I thought, I thought marriage was all about me, and uh, somebody wisely said it at, um, at our wedding uh, banquet. He said, Peter, it's not about you anymore. <laughs> and, you know, uh, honestly, <laughs> I heard it, but I didn't hear it in that moment. <laughs> and so I've been learning over the years. It's not. It's not about you as an individual. But, you know, the one thing I've learned is when you become a part of a group, you know, looking just beyond the marriage. When you become part of a group, you don't have to be afraid of losing your individuality. You shouldn't be afraid. You should discover who you are. You should be able to explore your likes and dislikes. And you should be able to learn how to move with that. But in your moving with that, the beauty is you learn how to do it with someone or, or other people that you do it. That's what makes life so beautiful. And so when we're seeking to make choice choices in in this coming year, it's the people that God has put in your life that actually help you to make that choice. Uh, Going back just a little more than 10 years ago, uh, Anita came to me. We had two boys at that point, and she said, I think I'd like us to have a third child. And um, when she said that, I was not feeling that at all. I was not feeling that. We were like, you know, I think uh, at that point, our youngest then, Dustin, was getting close to two years old. And um, I was just thinking, we're almost out of the diaper stage here, right? We're going to leave all this behind us, and life's going to get so much better. And so when she came and shared that with me, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't want to consider that. But again, so if I'd have made my own choice in that moment, our youngest son now, Joshua, would not even have been born. So this is what I did. I, I, I went before the Lord and, and talked to the Lord about it. And then I went to Anita and, and I, I said to the Lord, and I said to Anita, I said, okay. I said, you know, he's God. God, you know everything. You know our future. And you, you know what you desire here. So if this is going to happen, it's got to happen before I hit 50. Because I was getting close to 50. And by the way, that was as close to Abraham as I wanted to get. If he wants to go to 100 for a child, go for it. But, uh, but not me. So I said, it's got to happen before I hit 50, which means that my wife had to get pregnant at least nine months before I hit my 50th birthday. So you all know the rest of the story. Uh, Joshua was born. And, um, you know, I wouldn't trade my, my youngest son or any of my sons, for that matter, for anything. But if I'd have been left in that moment to my own choice, I mean, just to stop and think about it, it's just mind-boggling. 
if I'd have made my choice in that moment, that life would not have come forward. How many choices will you have the opportunity of making this year? Will you include other people in your choice? Or will you just do it your way? Or will you choose to walk with those that God's put in your life to help you make those choices, to learn to flow with them? Because it's out of that that life flows, just as it did in the natural for Anita and I and with our youngest son, Joshua. You know, God wants life to flow out of you because you're making choices with people. And that, to me, that's the beauty of what Paul is saying here to the Corinthians. You are the body and members individually, right? You're an individual. You have giftings. You have a calling on your life. But the beauty of it is only lived out in body life. It's only lived out in body life. You know, you're hearing what, uh, what you're hearing right now because you walked through the door. You're only hearing it because you walked through the door. Now, some of you might say, well, Pastor Peter, I can hear what you're saying. I can, I can hear what you're talking about by just turning on my TV uh, tapping on my cell phone. You know, there's, there's other messages out there I can hear. And I would say to you, yes, you can. But as Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 1, he said, the thief doesn't come in through the door, but it's a robber. It's a thief that climbs up by another way. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think any of you here want to be a thief want to be a robber, but that's what we, that's ultimately what you're going to choose if you don't choose to follow, flow with the body life uh, that Jesus has. And so, and then later on in John chapter 10 there in verse 9, Jesus said to them, he said, I am the door. I am the door. Maybe you can bring that up for us there, Alex. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So, you know, we find here Jesus is, is showing us that, you know, being a Christian is, is not just about a bunch of beliefs. It, it wasn't. Jesus didn't say my teachings are the door. He said, I am the door. It's about walking in relationship. And so we learn there that it's, it's about relationships. So when you come through those doors, you don't come just here just to hear something, but you come, you come here to be a part of the body that is growing together, that's learning together, that's moving together, and that is accomplishing something together. Like we're, in different ways, we're trying to reach out and touch other lives as a result of what we're, we're experiencing together. But it's the relationship. And so we have, to, we have to walk through the door in order to be a part of what God is doing. So no, you can't. You can't just sit at home. And you can, but I, I've never, in, in my 40 years of being a believer, I've never seen anybody really grow 
without being part of the physical body of Jesus Christ on the earth, living and moving. I've never really seen them go anywhere. Sure, I, I've seen them, you know, testify as a, a, as a believer, and, and I'm not saying that they're not saved, but I've never really seen them grow. I've never really seen them uh, develop uh, in their life. And, um, and in, most, in most cases, uh, a lot of people that I've observed have eventually dried up or some have actually died in their Christian faith or they've gotten very bitter and very hard and, and that's never a blessing to anybody. So, you know, God would say, I would that you would choose life. I would that you would choose blessing and, and not cursing. So God wants you and me to flow uh, with the body. And, uh, you know, I heard this saying uh, a few weeks ago and I, I thought it was so good. And it was that, you know, as believers, when we're, we're, we want people to come to Christ, we want people to know how good it is to be part of, of what God is doing. And that we, we need to learn, um, we're, we're, we're caught, in a sense, we're inviting people across the line, right? Out of the darkness and into the light. But some people, one person once said, we need to draw lines in circles, and in, in the sense that, you know, none of us, I know certainly for me, and I don't think probably for many of you, you you've been connected. Somehow you've been a part of other people's lives who have supported you, who've helped you in decisions, helped you to make choice choices that have helped you to come across to God's way of living, to God's standard, to his, to come into a place where you can actually live in and receive that blessing that he has for your life. And so we all need a circle that we need to get involved in. And, and the body is for that. That's why, you know, we have connect groups is, is to help people to be involved in circles. It's just as important for you uh, to be in a connect group, to be in a smaller circle as, as it is in this bigger circle. Because, because that's where uh, some of the intimate things of life happen. That's where you can, you know, share with each other, maybe some wrestles or struggles or things that you're going through. You know, you can have people right there that can pray, you know, through those things with you. And so it's important that we draw lines and circles and, and bring support to one another because we are the body and members individually. Amen. And so, um, you know, I know even as a leadership team this year, there's some changes that, that we're wanting to make, um, some restructuring, if you will, uh, personally in our lives as well as corporately, uh, changes that we need to make to step through the open doors that we believe uh, God has for us. And, and so there's things that, that we need to put in place to do that. And someone um, once said, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the levels of our systems. We don't rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the levels of our systems. I don't know, maybe you started out this year, maybe you've got some New Year's resolutions. How many people here have New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Just a couple. Wow. You guys got to get with it here. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not really a believer in New Year's resolutions just because it's New Year's. But I am a believer in, in making changes 
and, and developing things. And so if you, the thing is, you know, the difference, they say that between successful people and unsuccessful people, there's actually no difference in their goals. For the most part, there's no difference in their goals. The difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is that successful people do consistently what unsuccessful people only do occasionally. And so what I'm talking about here is that's why you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. What systems do you have in your life? What habits have you developed and incorporated in your life that help you to be successful? You know, we, 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 I mean, we could study, um, you know, many characters in the scripture and we would see that they have systems. And, you know, Jesus had a system. Jesus got up early and went out to pray and, and, and spent time with his father. Jesus went to the synagogue, uh, you know, on each Sabbath and, and, and ministered to people there as well as out on the hillside. Daniel, you know, said that he uh, stopped in his day and, and prayed three times a day. And I'll bet that when Daniel started, you know, developing the habit in his life before he was taken captive and taken to Babylon, uh, you know, he didn't, maybe he didn't think that much was going to come out of it. But it was because he developed that habit, that system in his life, that he was able to interpret dreams. He was able to turn uh, political situations around. And so what are the habits that you have in your life? Because those are the things, when, when you're trying to make a new choice to move into something new, what, what are the systems, what are the habits that you have in your life? And so I want you to think about that as you're moving into 2024. What, what is the change that God wants you to make? And don't, I've learned from this too, don't try to think of half a dozen things that even you may know that you need to change in them, that you're going to try and change this year. Just pick one thing. Pick the one main thing from where you're at right now, where you're standing now. What's the one change that you need to make? And then just start to incorporate that. Start to develop that habit. Just get into that new change and learn to develop it. Because it's those, it's those systems that are going to support the goal that you're trying to reach, that you're trying to get to. So goals are good, but you're not going to rise to the level of your goal just because it's your goal. You're going to rise to it because the system is there and actually supporting it. And, and that is what's going to enable you um, to be successful. So... Here, I just want to take a, uh, I want us to look at a little of uh, a man by the name of Nick, uh, it's an Italian name, Vucic. Vucic? Okay, we'll go with that. And uh, anyways, this is a, a clip here. It's about an hour long, but not, we're not going to see the whole hour. Um, he's, he's speaking to a state prison, men in the prison here, and he's sharing a testimony about when he was over in India in a, in a, a time of ministry. And so we're just going to watch about five minutes of this clip, and then I'll say a few things after to wrap that up. Go ahead, Hans. So this woman, she says, I don't want to hear about Jesus. Show me. I said, what do you mean? 
She said, this woman on the floor, this old woman on the floor is my sister. She said, you see that door? She ain't walking out that door. She hadn't walked for four and a half years. We carry her everywhere. Look at her legs. And I looked at her legs, skin and bone. Legs that hadn't worked for four and a half years. She said, if your God is real, make her walk now. I prayed for her. And the first time, she could not walk at all. She couldn't have put any weight on her feet. Trying to just get up in a vertical position to try to stand. Her face was like, ah, like this. We sat her back in the chair. She's trying to catch her breath. And I said, no, God, that ain't a miracle. We're going to pray one more time. We start massaging her legs and no joke, no exaggeration. 20 seconds later, her face goes from this to this. I'm like, what happened? She said, I don't know, but I'm ready. I said, what? She said, yeah, I want to try walking. And I said, no, 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 no. We need to pray a lot more. Isn't that funny? The evangelist prays for the paralyzed woman and the paralyzed woman says, I'm ready. And he says, no. (laughs) Do you know what that means? Nick Vujicic only had a tiny, 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 little, little, little bit of faith. But he put that tiny little bit of faith in the living God. You can put oceans of faith in your intellect, oceans of faith in your attitude, oceans of faith in a dead God. But you put a little bit of faith in the Most High God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. I said, do you need help to get up and walk? She said, no. She got up by herself. It was incredible. Like not even struggling to get up. She got up. She's stomping on the ground like this. She can't believe. She says, The pain's gone. The pain's gone. She starts walking like this. We're all like, whoa. She got so excited, she starts jumping up and down. I'm like, honey, don't break the legs that God just healed. And her sister, the one who was angry, she went to the wall of God's and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, haven't you been praying to them for a while? She said, yes. I said, this was not your God. Jesus. Jesus did this. Jesus. Your gods and any person you've been following, they didn't resurrect. Jesus did, and he's alive. Do you know why I share this story with you? I told you the verse. Nothing ever separates you from the love of God. The friend who took me there was an Indian man. And it's hard for an Indian man to look pale, but he looked really pale. And he looked at me and he said, unbelievable. I said, I know, cool, huh? He said, no, Nick, you don't understand. I said, what do you mean? He said, Nick, that old woman who walked, she ain't just any old woman. I said, what do you mean? He said, she was evil. I said, what what did she do? He said, 
45 years ago, that woman claimed that 10 acre block of land in Mumbai and started building the brothel houses and is the founder of human trafficking in this city. She recruited the pimps and the madams and the kidnappers. They are the ones who came up with the crafty way to convince parents to sell their kids for $700. She is responsible for at least 30,000 slaves. And God still healed her. Amen. Isn't that powerful? <clears throat> so, just to wrap up a couple of thoughts here. The reason I wanted you to see that clip, a few reasons. First of all, talking about body life and that we are the body and members individually. Here's a man who in the physical... You know, has no arms. He has no legs. And yet, he has an incredible impact on the world. You know, Nick has an incredible impact upon the world. But it's because he chose, even in his weakness, to just step out. You know, sometimes, sometimes you and I don't want to go through the open doors that God has because, you know, we think, oh, I'm just not ready yet or I've got to get this right or I've got to get that right yet. And, you know, you could hear the rest of, of Nick's testimony and, and find out he went through a lot of stuff to get to where he is today. But there was a point in his life where he chose. He was just going to believe God to use him however God wanted to use him. And, and so, you know, here's a God, here's a guy praying for a lady to walk and he, he can't even walk himself. He doesn't even have any legs. You know, a lot of people look, well, what's wrong? You don't have enough faith to believe in God for yourself and you're praying for somebody else. Have you ever got attacked that way? In your mind, right? When you want to pray for somebody else. But Nick just, he put all that aside. You know, it's not, it's not that he doesn't believe for himself. He says he keeps a pair of shoes in his closet just in case someday the Lord gives him a pair of legs. But, uh, but you know, so sometimes we just have to let God use us in our weakness and just say, God, I, I, I'm going to go through this door that I know you, you want me to walk through. In spite of everything not being the way I want it to be, I'm just going to let you use me as I am. Second thing I want you to uh, realize from that is that Nick has an incredible impact because he has a circle that he became a part of, right? Obviously, with his physical limitations, right? There's people and relationships that he has in his life that have enabled him to do what he does by the Spirit of God, of course. But, you know, he has a circle of people that help him. And a, a circle that I'm sure, you know, he has his up days. He has his mountains and his valleys just the same as you and I do, right? So you need to have a circle. Maybe we'll have the worship team. Yeah, come on up, Bill. You know, we need to be a part of... A circle. What's a circle that God wants you to be a part of? Maybe you're already in that circle. I don't know. But maybe you're not. And I want to encourage you to find a circle. If you need help finding a circle, you know, come speak to one of myself. Myself or one of myself. <laughs> I'm getting, uh, what do you call that again? No, and there's more, more than one personality. Anyways, 
What was that? Split personality. Split personality, yeah. But anyways, you know, God wants us to be a part of a circle. And so if you're not part, please, please get into a circle. It's part of being in the body and a member individually. And then last of all, I just want you to realize that whatever, whatever your sins, yes, maybe even your sins, but whatever your faults may be, whatever your failures may be back from 2023, let's just leave it back there. Because just like we heard about in this testimony with Nick, you know, that woman being healed, nothing can keep you from God's love. Nothing can keep God from working in your life, through your life, and bringing you into that recovery that you need. And so I just want to encourage you in that today, that we, as you're making choice choices for 2024, think about how God wants you involved in the body. Th and think about those systems that God wants you to have in your own personal life that help you to actually come into those things. So Father, I, I just thank you this morning, God, for your people. I thank you that God, you just, you're so awesome. You're so awesome, God. There's so many of us that could come up here and testify, God, what you've done in our lives, the place that you brought us from. And so, God, we're just here this morning, Father. And, and I just want you after, you know, if you if you want prayer for something, just come on up and uh, and, and just love to pray with you. Just love to agree uh, with what God wants to do in your life, whatever it is, wherever you're at. Maybe it's just something you're really wrestling and struggling with. And so, Father, just bless your people this morning, God, and, and just help them, Lord God, to hear what your spirit is saying them today about their life. It doesn't have to be something that I was saying, God, but just something that has triggered that, that you're speaking, God, by your spirit. God, move powerfully. God, we want to walk through open doors, God, and we want to be the church that you've called us to be. God, not for our display, but God, for your glory. And so we just thank you for that. Thank you for your blessing, God, flowing to these people this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.